ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, back for a Wednesday edition. We didn't have a show yesterday. Thankfully, we've got one today because we've got a a little league baseball schedule that makes a little sense. Um, Jason Toy is hopefully going to join us a little bit later on because uh, we've got Barbersville in the semifinals. That's coming up tonight. About 8 o'clock is when we're going to go on the air for those of you listening live. And, of course, we're going to have Barbersville all the way, hopefully, to the championship game. And you can listen to that or go to our website, our Facebook page, and you can watch the video stream there. Or you can listen to the stream. All you have to do is pull up ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 on Facebook or WRVC, and you can listen to the stream there. Or, of course, if you've got the TuneIn app, you can find the radio station there. So we've got Little League Baseball. Jason's going to try to check in with us a little bit later on. Kind of give us a quick preview of what we've got as far as tonight's semifinal. Now, we haven't been on the air in a couple of days, so I've got a lot to get into. Uh, I'm going to talk football with you a little bit later on because uh, the preseason watch list continues for the Thundering Herd, and that's always good news. But we're going to try over the next couple of days to um, get a um, get a story here taken care of. We've got good news for the softball front. Megan Smith, this is the head coach of Kansas. Now the head coach at Marshall in the softball side of things. She's been head coach at Kansas for the past nine years, and Marshall releases today the announcement that she's accepted the same position at Marshall. That That's a good hire. You get someone from a power conference to come in. That says something about your softball program because Marshall softball has a good reputation. And she obviously saw something here that excited her. Money, of course, always plays into it. But you're coming from Kansas to Marshall. There has to be a good reason for that. And I think that's just the quality of the softball program over the years. And she probably thinks, hey, I've got something here I can work with, and I could probably win here. Now, if you look at her record, it's a pretty solid record. She's got a career record of 393 to 265. She led Kansas to six consecutive 30-win seasons. Also, back-to-back appearances in the NCAA tournament back in 2014 and 15. Now, her 2015 campaign, that produced a 40-win season, first 40-win season for the program in 23 years, and the best start in school history for the second time in her tenure, which was 12-0 and seven consecutive weeks in the top 25. So she has been able to put together some really solid programs. She's coming to Marshall. She said in the release today, and we're going to try to get her on the program either uh, tomorrow or the next couple of days or maybe sometime next week. just depends on her schedule right now because she's all over the place right now with uh, all of her obligations. But in the release today, she said that she's extremely honored and excited to be part of the Marshall family. There is such a strong history and tradition of success with the softball program, and I'm humbled to now be a part of that. I want to thank Mike Hamrick for this incredible opportunity for me and my son, Cooper. I'm eager to get to know the players and get started this fall. Now, I'm good with this hire. 
I was at the union last week talking about, hey, I wonder who's going to be the new softball coach. You know, just talking with some of the folks that are down there. And we were thinking, you know, if they don't get somebody that has a really good pedigree, maybe they bring somebody back from the program. That would be a great anchor. And I would have been good with that. But I'm also good with this here because you got somebody who's coached at a high level, the Big 12. You've got someone who's been able to get a program to the NCAA on a consistent basis. You've got someone who has been able to find a way to get your team to the top 25. So there are some credentials there. And I think Marshall needs to seriously focus on softball. It's not the super revenue sport. It's not the revenue sport the way football is. It's just not. It's not the basketball revenue sport. But if you're going to rank sports as far as maybe how important they are to marshal the community, the fans, football one, or depending on who you are, football two, basketball one or two, those can flip. It just depends on how important football or basketball is to you. It's either in the one or two position. I think women's basketball is very important very important for Marshall University. It hasn't had the success of the other programs, but women's basketball is very important. I would put softball a solid four, maybe even a three, just depending on what kind of season they're having. And I'm not looking at this from a revenue standpoint. I'm just looking at this from an importance standpoint because softball has been successful for so long. Softball has been able to generate a solid fan base. There are people who will travel with the softball team. If Marshall gets into the NCAA tournament, there'll be fans there. Now, you could probably say that for almost any sport, but Marshall softball has a good core of fans who show up, support the program. Uh, I like all of the initiatives that Shawna Stanton used to have in place when she started, all the things that get the community involved. And I'm not downplaying any of the other sports because I think Marshall volleyball is very important. I think Marshall tennis is very important. Track, golf, I think these are all very important sports, and they all have an impact on the community and at Marshall University. But if you're looking at just purely what are the big sports at Marshall that the fan base are behind and support the most, I would say football, basketball, and then you got to throw softball in there. You have to. It's just one of those signature sports at Marshall University. So if you've got to go out and get a coach, go get a coach that has experience, that's been at a high level, that has won games, that's got into the NCAA tournament, that's been in the top 25. It's a solid resume. And you've got a coach who has coached All-Americans, academic as well, conference All-Americans. You have got a coach who can Take what is here with softball, I hope, and build on it. Because it was a blow. Shonda Stanton left. It was a blow. Not because the program was in disarray and she left and you didn't know what to do. It's because she was such a part of that program, part of the community, and she was such a beloved figure at Marshall University, with the fans especially, that you lose a coach of that caliber, it hurts. It really does. And you wish her well because she's moving on to uh, another position that's better for her and her family and her situation. And you leave a program that was in solid shape. You don't have a coach that's got to come in here and rescue the program. This isn't a rebuild. This isn't a, a salvage job. 
this isn't like Marshall basketball. When Dan D'Antoni came in, the program, you kind of question where it was going to go. And he came in and fixed the job. Fixed it. Look at where the program's at now. Doc Holliday had to come in and salvage football. Football had fallen off, and Doc had to come in and salvage the program. And he did. And now we're talking about Marshall football being a contender on a yearly basis in Conference USA. That's what you want. And you hope that you can leave your programs established well enough that the next coach that comes in, I mean, it's not your concern. It's not your worry as a coach. But it says something about you as a coach if you leave and move on and the program's in good shape. I think that's fair to say. If the program is on solid footing, that says something about the coach when they leave. Not a, okay, it's getting bad, I'm getting out of here, or they had to be fired or removed from their position. It's a situation in which the program is better off than you found it. And I think softball is that program. And it didn't turn out the the way I hoped it would have turned out for Jen Steele. And for whatever her reasons were, she um, she left the program after a season. And so you got a new coach coming in here. Hopefully that's going to really elevate the program because this is a program that really deserves everything that you can give it. It's one of those programs. And I hope volleyball is a program that we can see getting back to the NCAA tournament. And, of course, tennis has got a, a one-year it dipped. Tennis had a bad year. That doesn't happen very often. That team will be back. I mean, that's a team that's always a contender for postseason. That's always a, a team you look out for. But softball definitely is one of those signature sports at Marshall University. We'll take our first break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll catch up on the news that we didn't get into yesterday since we didn't have a show. Football has continued its preseason success again. Season People are talking about hurry football, though. We're going to do that as well. We'll take your phone calls afterwards as well. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday, July 25th edition. Paul Swan, your host of The Drive, continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and 930. I've done this in a couple of days. You get out of practice just one day and not have a show, you kind of feel like you're out of practice. Little League Baseball coming up tonight. We'll have it for you. Barbersville trying to get into the championship game. Jason Toy's going to have the call of that one. And he hopefully will be with us a little bit later on and talk about it. If not, you'll hear everything, of course, coming up tonight. Uh, they've got first pitch scheduled for 8 o'clock. But as we know, the weather of the last few days hasn't cooperated. Today we're going to be fine. No problems there. Weather's going to be fine. So you don't have to worry about that. So everything should be on schedule. And, of course, if Barbersville wins tonight, they will play in the championship game for the right to go to Warner Robins, Georgia, trying to get into the Little League World Series. So they'll be one step closer to getting to play for the whole ball of wax. So good luck to those kids, and hopefully uh, they'll be able to win tonight. And, of course, again, you can hear the game right here, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So yesterday – Big day for Ryan B. yesterday. Here's a guy that, let me tell you, 
Get slighted by Conference USA. Yes, get slighted. I don't know what the Conference USA uh, people were thinking. I just don't. But Ryan B. yesterday selected to the Outland Trophy and the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list. But this kid couldn't make the Conference USA All-Star team, whatever you want to call it. He couldn't make the Conference USA team. But this kid can make the Outland Trophy watch and the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch. And that's something you should be proud of. Kid was a 2018 preseason All-Conference USA pick by Athlon. You know his story. He's a defensive end, moves over to tackle. All of a sudden, a lot better position for him. He's someone you have to deal with on the inside. And he earned second-team all-conference honors at the end of the season. Finished last season with 51 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss, which was fifth on the team. He had 5.5 sacks, which led the team, had one pass deflection, one block kick, and 10 quarterback hurries. So what's that mean? You don't get anything for Conference USA, but the Outland Trophy thinks you're somebody to keep an eye on. And the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list puts you there as well. Outland Trophy. That's the trophy that honors college football's top interior linemen. And the Nagurski Trophy honors the nation's best defensive player. So not only... Is he getting some pub and some attention for being perennial top interior lineman here? Somebody that has been decided upon as someone to watch for. He's going to have a good year, hopefully. This is a sign that people think he's going to have a good year and worth recognition. And then the Nagurski Trophy, which is the best defensive player, enough people thought, that Ryan B. was worthy enough to be put on that list as someone to watch who could be the best defensive player in the country. I mean, that says it right there. That says enough for me. So he's got a shot. Of course he's got a shot. He's got a legitimate shot. There's some good college players out there, though. But just to be on the list is, I think, an indication of the caliber of player that Ryan B. is. And again, this guy doesn't get any love from Conference USA. None. And it's not the media. It's not a media poll. It's not guys who don't follow every team in Conference USA. They focus on their team and the opponents that are coming up. I mean, that's fair. There are some in the media. They focus on their team, and they focus on the upcoming opponents. Or they're focusing on the West Division. Yeah, I focus on the East Division. And we keep an eye on the West as well. But there are some who they don't follow all the teams. And so their opinion may be a little skewed. It's okay. The coaches, I don't know if the coaches have some tunnel vision here, focusing on the guys they know. Because you're asking these coaches, okay, you're a West Division, you don't face Marshall, but hey, you should know about Marshall and Ryan B. Well, if you're going to vote on things like this, I would think you would have at least an understanding of, okay, who are some of the best players in this conference? Ryan B's name should come up. If he's not coming up in your conversation, 
and you're talking about some of the best players in Conference USA, and then you don't have him on your list, then you weren't paying attention. You shouldn't be having the conversation if you don't bring Ryan B's name up in the conversation. But apparently, Conference USA knows something that the rest of us don't. But he's on the Outland Trophy list now. He's on the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list. And that's good. That's good for Marshall. That's good for Marshall, period, because right now, I'm charting all of this. Just been working on my football prep for the upcoming season, and I'm just charting some of these things to have just in case I need to talk about them sometime down the line when we get closer to football season, which when I say we get closer to football season, that means, um, what, tomorrow? But the preseason awards right now and the trophy watch, a couple of things I'm keeping an eye on. First of all, You've got someone on the list for the Bolitnikoff, which is Tyree Brady. You've got the Remington Trophy with Levi Brown. You've got the Jim Thorpe Award with Malik Gant. You've got the Butkus Award with Juwan Young. And then the Outland and the Bronco Nagurski, Ryan B. I mean, he got two for the price of one yesterday. So tell me this kid couldn't make Conference USA, the the coaches, all-Conference USA team. And you get Tyree Brady on, which was smart. Malik Gant, yeah. Levi Brown, yeah. Chase Hancock, he's there, okay. Um, You get Matt Beardall, but you didn't get Ryan B. You couldn't tell me that you couldn't find a spot for Ryan B. Well, that's fine. I'm sure he's not the type of guy to hold a grudge, but he might. I don't know how much bulletin board material that really means to him. Because as long as Marshall's winning and he's doing his job, everything's going to come to him. But I still would be a little bit aware of the fact that, you know, they don't think you're good enough. Just I whisper that in his ear a little bit. Yeah, hey, you're doing a great job, but you know what? Those guys over there don't think so. They're not respecting you. We'll see see what that does. I would do that. I would definitely do that. But, I mean, Ryan B. made... Yeah, the Athlon list. That's good. That's Athlon's opinion. Didn't make the Conference USA coaches list. That's fine. That's the coach's opinion. But he's on the Outland Trophy list. He's on the Bronco Nagurski list. That says something right there. He's definitely going to be a guy you watch out for on this roster during the entire football season. And I hope he does enough to actually stay on the list for a long time. Truly hope that he figures out a way to up his game and stay on that list as long as he possibly can. Because, one, it's going to give me more to talk about, honestly. But more importantly, that kid deserves all the attention he gets. And I just hate it for the fact that, you know, he didn't get any conference, uh, you know, notification. He didn't get any conference love, whatever you want to call it. Didn't get any. Unfortunately for Conference USA, I think they're going to find out. Oops, we made a mistake. This guy's good. If he goes out there, has type of game that I think he's going to have all season long, then okay, he's going to get his. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But I mean, with that said, Marshall got five guys on the on the coaches team. They got five guys, so it's not a Marshall slight, but I do think people weren't doing their homework on Ryan B. 
somebody's doing their homework, but it just wasn't some of the coaches in Conference USA that were doing their homework. And that's a shame, totally, because Ryan B is a guy that could really bring some attention to your conference. He's going to bring attention to Marshall. People are going to be watching and paying attention to him. I'm not saying that national exposure is going to go up because Ryan B is on the Outland and the Bronco Nagurski list, but people who follow college football, people who are responsible for voting on this thing, people who pay attention to college football as a profession are going to watch and going to pay attention to Ryan B, and he's going to stand out. And you know what? The more things like this in his uh, in his resume, the better for him and the better for Marshall. All right, we'll come back and uh, we'll take uh, some of your phone calls. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition. Paul Swan, your host, The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're getting closer. Man, I am. I'm ready. I'm so ready. I can't wait. We're gonna camp soon. Guys are gonna be ready to go playing some football. Gonna be able to talk football again. I can't wait for it. But until then, we're here for you to get you through these rough times, these non-football times, and we'll do so at eight seven seven four two zero talk eight seven seven four two zero eight two five five. All right. Um. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a hockey fan. You know that. I'm a hockey guy. And I also keep tabs on the hockey profession. I saw this story today, and I thought, man, that's, that's just wrong. I'm not a big fan of the Carolina Hurricanes, but they've got a guy who's been around since 1979 as their play-by-play announcer, Chuck Caton. And this guy is no longer going to be in the booth. It's not because he's retiring. He's 66 years old. He's already a Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster because he was offered a position, a renewal of his contract. He was offered his position. But if he wanted to stay as the voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, he had to take an 80% pay cut. That is saying something. I mean, this is a guy who started with the franchise. When this team was the Hartford Whalers, he was with the team from the beginning. Started with the franchise when it was the Hartford Whalers, so he's been around for a long time. And so he gets offered this deal. He had a one-year deal. He signed a one-year deal last season. And so that contract expired, and... They offered him an 80% pay cut. Also, they gave him the opportunity to sell sponsorships to to help make up for the salary difference. And this is what Caton said. He said in the reports that, I was hoping for a reasonable offer to stay, but obviously the offer was an invitation to leave. I mean, this is a guy who, he he's an award winner. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. Won the Foster Hewitt Award back in 2004 as a uh, broadcaster who had an outstanding contribution to hockey. And he said in the report that 
that's how he looks at it as an invitation to lead. He said, I was really hoping we could make some hayway. It's his decision, talking about the owner, to offer what he offered, and it was quite a substantial decrease. It really basically told me they weren't that interested in keeping me. That's life. It's his team. Now, Tom Dundon, this majority owner back in March, here's why I find this a travesty. Because radio is an important part of your sports digest, right? You're listening to this program right now. You find some value in radio. And what if, what if I told you that, okay, let's put it in terms that we all can understand. What if I told you that, you know, you no longer have the voice of the herd, Steve Cotton, calling herd games. Instead, what's going to happen here is, He's going to be given the opportunity to take 80% less, and he can sell if he likes. He's basically getting a minor league contract. And if the voice of the herd declined that, his replacement will be a simulcast of the TV. Think about that for a second. A simulcast of the TV. Now, they're two totally different things. Now... If you've got a, a deal where all your games are televised and you've got a, a group of guys coming in calling the games, then, okay, you can do that. You can you can worry a little about, okay, well, I have someone calling all my games. If all your games are televised, you're fine. But So they're going to simulcast a television broadcast on the radio. Apparently, they don't have that good of a, a radio deal. They're... Their deal with radio isn't as good as the TV deal. Well, one, that's as bad negotiating on, on the TV station or the radio station or the owner's part, whoever. It's not that lucrative. It's one of, you know, pro teams certainly can get money from the radio deals, but not everybody's the same. But they've got a contract with the, the local station, WCMC 99.9 FM, and apparently that deal's not that good. So the team, get this, the team estimates it draws fewer than 2,000 listeners per game. And this is what the general manager, Don Waddle, told a newspaper in May. He said, radio is not a prudent financial decision. He added, it's important, I think, to have it for the people that still want to listen to it from a business standpoint that doesn't make a lot of sense. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So if I want to follow along your team, I'm going to have to subscribe to a provider. I'm going to have to have cable, direct TV, and then for, for some, you're going, to get the t- you're going to get it. You're going to, get your, you know, you're going to pay your, for your regional sports channels, and you're going to get your game. That's fine. But there are a lot of people who still like listening to the radio. You tell me that you don't put baseball on the radio uh, and people are going to be okay with that? Yeah, what if you did that? What if you tr- tried to take baseball off the radio and people would be okay with that? Now, maybe Carolina's not that big of a hockey market. Maybe that's something that you need to think about. Maybe it's just not that big of a hockey market. But racing, racing's a sport I'd want to watch, right? You would think... That a visual sport like that, where they're going around in a pack around the course, around the track, 
If you gave me that argument, I'd laugh you out of the building as well. Radio is not a prudent financial decision. Now, okay, obviously I'm biased here. I work in radio. So I'm going to champion radio over a lot of things. But you mean to tell me that you can't figure a way to make radio work? A lot of teams have taken the radio in-house. That's one way of taking care of business has been to bring the radio in-house. And instead of hoping that they get a nice kickback from the radio station, that they distribute the network, they distribute everything, they pay for everything, and some pro teams actually offer their network for free. Others have a licensing fee. This depends on the team, the sport, the region, whatever. Now, of course, any team that comes and offers uh, me their product and with a licensing fee, I kind of I kind of laugh in the places that I have that ability to. Like, for example, um, I'm not carrying – like, years ago, here's a good example. Years ago, when the Cleveland Browns were a brand-new team again and everyone thought that they would be good, remember, they, they moved to Baltimore and then they got a new team and then they got a new radio network and – People were thinking, oh, hey, the Browns are back, and there was some excitement about it. I talked to the radio network there. Like, hey, okay, we're kind of interested in carrying your games. So, okay, this is what it's going to cost you. What? Huh? Yep, you want to carry our games? No, no, not happening. Thanks for playing, but no, we're not doing that. We're not going to start this in a – in a lose-lose situation. But some teams do that, and we'll get that money. But there are ways to, to pay for your radio. Not take your guy who's been there since 1979. This isn't taking a guy that's been there a few years and moving on from him. This is a guy who's been calling your game since 1979 and saying, look, you're going to have to take an 80% pay cut, and you can make some of the money back up. We're going to put you in sales. Basically, you're going to have a minor league contract deal. And that's how it works for a lot of minor leagues. You get someone who's in charge of the media. They're, they're doing play-by-play, but they're also they're going to have some accounts. And, and there are some colleges that happens as well. Not all, but there are some colleges, and I think some are going more and more to this, where, okay, here's part of the deal. You know, you're going you're gonna to have an account list. You're, you're responsible for some of this. And I get it. I totally get it, but... If you're looking at uh, a guy who's been your voice for decades and then you tell him that, yeah, you know what, okay, you can be our guy but 80% pay cut and you got to go out and hustle and sell. No. The guy's got to go and do the games. He's going to be on the road part of the uh, part of the year. And it just that's that's where sports is at today. That's where media is at until everyone figures out how to make this thing work. And part of this is, of course, well, I think people are not going to sports events as much. There's lost revenue there. Um, you've got teams in bad media deals, and then all of a sudden they can't pay for this stuff. And then on a national level, I read a story today, DirecTV. They're making some gains in their streaming service, I think $2 million. Two million subscribers to Direct to TV. Now they offset some of that because they have their streaming service, so they still got subscribers. But a lot of people are cutting the cord, 
and that's going to that's eventually going to hit you as a fan because the quality is going to go down. The quality is going to go down because these things are going up as much as possible. At the end of the day, it's going to be done on the cheap. And this is just another example. If I was a fan of the Hurricanes and I'm trying to listen to the game and all of a sudden you've got I'm listening to the TV audio on the radio. It's not the same because the TV guy is talking to the TV audience and he's trying to describe what he sees with the pretty pictures. And let's be honest, the radio guy, he's got to sit there and describe all the action. The TV guy can just let the action speak for itself sometimes. Or if they go to the replay, it's just a bad deal all around. And I just thought that, is this where it's going? Is this where sports broadcasting is going? Again, if this was this was Marshall, and all of a sudden, instead of Steve Cotton, you turn on the radio, you turn on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930, and you hear the radio come on with the Marshall game, and it's some dude that calls the TV audio. What? <laughs> no. It's... Not the same, kids. It really isn't the same. It's definitely, a, I think, a slap in the face of a guy. Now, if you just weren't happy with him, that's one thing, but don't insult the guy. Like, yeah, we want you, but we really want you to leave, so here's an 80% pay cut on your contract. Not, okay, we're going to have to cut it down a little bit. I mean, remember when um, Mountain Air Sports Network moved on from Jack Fleming? They didn't just go in there and insult the guy. They said, look, we're moving on. Yeah, we uh, we think it's time to, to move on, so we're going to go with uh, someone else. Okay, not uh, – we just can't afford to do this anymore. We're going to – you know, if you if you would take the job, that's great, but we're losing money here. So, you know, if you don't take this insulting contract, we're just going to simulcast hockey on radio with TV. If I was a radio affiliate, I'd be pretty ticked about that myself. TV simulcast? I mean, a, a program that is designed for – uh, television being rebroadcast on radio does not sound good. It does not sound good. So just keep that in the back of your mind. I mean, it's not a direct correlation to anything happening here, but I just thought to myself that a guy who has been such an institution all of a sudden is told, we don't want you anymore, and we just don't have the guts to say that. We're instead going to give you a contract that you can't accept. That you can't not accept. You cannot do it. Again, I'm a radio guy, so I'm a little biased on this. But just when I saw this and started reading more and more of the details, I thought to myself, somebody just doesn't know how to do it. You just don't know how to do it. Because more people still listen to radio. Now, if I'm going to listen to a game, I'm probably going to pull the radio up first. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. But I'm going to pull the radio side up. If I'm in the car, I'm listening to the radio. And you can't tell me that uh, only yeah, 2,000 fans are listening to it on the radio. That's no. That's not right. That's some um, that's some bad math there. All right, we're going to hit the uh, hit the final break. We'll come back. Um, we will talk a little Little League also. Get your phone calls in. It's Wednesday. We are halfway through the week. We're getting closer to football. And let me tell you, I can't wait. I know you can't wait. 
we're getting there. We're getting through this summer. It's going to happen soon. Football will return. But we've got more show on the way when we continue. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's the Wednesday edition. It's July 25th. Welcome to The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. In a moment, we should be hearing from Jason Toy, who's going to have the action tonight of Barbersville semifinal game. All the action is taking place at the Little League at the Arch. Jason's been calling a majority of the games. Barbersville is in the loser bracket, but at this point it really doesn't matter because everything is uh, is single elimination at this point as Barbersville's in the semis tonight. And Jason's now with us on the program. He'll have the call tonight. And Barbersville's really had the fight back, haven't they? Um, they get into the loser bracket, didn't, didn't get to finish their first game, so they are thrown into the loser bracket, and they've pretty much owned everybody since. Yeah, they got uh, thrown behind a little bit on that uh, first game. Uh, they were actually up two nothing, and then gave up three runs in the uh, in the fourth inning. And actually, was starting to, the the bats were coming back alive once again later on, and uh, just ran out of time. You know, I, I think honestly, the way they were playing, if they kept on going, they probably would have been okay and stayed in that side of the bracket. But things happen the way they do because of the the rain showers and the thunderstorms that came in. Because it definitely washed everything out after that. And then of course they went down a bracket and picked up wins against and Greenbrier Central and some other teams as well. So they've done a really good job, uh, not only uh, in their field play, uh, but also definitely at the at the bat. They've had a couple of home runs, had a grand slam from Eastone back uh, yesterday that uh, really gave them, the, that blew things out for them yesterday in their win. So uh, they're playing some really good baseball right now. Now the downfall is, is the teams that are left in the semifinals here are also playing some really good baseball as well, like the team they're going to be facing here at Jefferson out of the Panhandle tonight. Uh, game, you know, games that are going on right now with by State. Right now, they're one of the solid teams out of the Kaiser area. They're uh, battling in the other semifinal, which, by the way, is zero zero after two. So, it's a it's a interesting day here around the old ballpark. It's going to be a good one tonight. And we actually are going to have games on time as the weather has really played um, played with the schedule. It's 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 been a jumbled mess. Finally, they're caught up. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and and they did the best they can do. I can honestly tell them that. I mean, it just and trying to get all the working pieces in there. Because you, you also got to remember, too, and trying to get these games in because you got families that are taking time off of work to be here. you got teams that have traveled a long way like Jefferson and Bi-State and other teams, Fairmont as well. So, you know, they really did a good job in trying to, to work things around. they got great support here from uh, League 3, not only uh, here at the league, but also the folks over at Mitchell Stadium in Canova, uh, the folks in Barbersville as well that opened up their stadium to play a couple of games and. It, it take, took really a yeoman's work to get it all done because of the weather, and they did get it done. That's a great thing because tonight looks great. Uh, a few clouds hanging around. It's actually going to be pretty nice uh, by the time we get ready for the first pitch. Of the, uh, and then after that, uh, tomorrow looking fantastic for the championship game. We have a time yet on the championship game? No, I, don't, I haven't heard that yet. Uh, I'll find out here in just a little bit. Um, they, you know, It depends on – a lot of times, honestly, what it does, they try to get depend on the teams and trying to uh, work a little bit to try to get the teams home afterwards so they're not terribly late getting home. So we'll find that out here in just a little bit. Okay, so I might not have a show again tomorrow. 
<laughs> it might be tight, but I, I, I think he'll be okay. I think probably it'll be more of another evening game, probably a 6 o'clock game type deal. Okay, I'm getting a little rusty here, you know, one day on, one day off, one day on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little rusty here, so I'm, I'm not... And then, you got, and then you got vacation coming up, so hey, you got it. I mean, you're going to get back in the saddle here, not right in football season when we get back in the saddle. Yes, yeah, so I'll probably be spending all that time off uh, prepping for the football season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, sort of my pilgrimage once a year uh, to um, to where I go. Yeah. As, yes, and part of that will be in Cincinnati because, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to spend maybe one of my days off uh, at the at camp, going to camp. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah getting give, getting get, re-schooled. Yeah, getting re-schooled, giving Marvin my opinion on the team, what, he, what I think he should be doing. <laughs> and ask him that question. Marvin, are you going to win a playoff game? Yeah, I'm gonna ask him. I guess I would get uh, I get better response than if I asked Bill Belichick a question. <laughs> there you go. All right, Jason, we'll have the game tonight. We're gonna have that for you about eight o'clock right here on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. And uh, for those of you uh, tuning in, uh, you'll hear Jason a little bit later on. For our producer Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. Back, I think tomorrow we'll do the show. Next week, I'm here solid. There's not going to be anything hopefully knocking me off. I'm here solid next week. After that, you're on your own. I, I don't know what those guys have got planned. I'll help them best I can, but I'm, no idea. But football season's almost here. That's the good news. We'll talk more tomorrow, I hope. For Gabriel and Paul, this has been The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.